Mr. Mark's Classroom, episode 134. Mr. Mark's Classroom. This is the podcast dedicated to intentional leadership in childhood ministry. Mr. Mark's goal is to resource you with tools, ideas, and a passion for leading kids to become lifelong followers of Jesus. So let's get this episode rolling with the man that champions kids ministry today, Mr. Mark Jones. Hey friends, I'm so glad to have you join me today. I have a great guest to introduce to you in just a moment. I want to say that people who are looking for clarity in their children's ministry, trying to get things sorted out so that they can give the very best and actually not waste a ton of time so they can really do what's needed, have uh, have really come to the right place today. I have as a special guest, Miss Delany Williams. And she is one of the specialists at LifeWay. And recently I had her speak to some of our ministers here in Oklahoma about what is it when you're trying to reach out to families that are expecting a child. Some are expecting their first child, some are expecting uh, later in their family, but you know what? The opportunities are great. And I think she's got some terrific ideas to share with us. So I wanna welcome Delany. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Mark. I'm happy to be here. Very good. So I, as I was kind of walking through this, I know that you're from um, a Texas church, pretty large church, where you implemented many of the things you're talking about. Um, So would you say that your background is in kind of early childhood ministry? Definitely. And that's where I studied in school. But um, the churches that I've been full-time ministry in have been definitely in preschool ministry. Um, preschool minister and then another church where I served on staff in preschool ministry as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, the deal is that a lot of people are, whenever you're, you're ministering to young families and and then you step back and say, Hey, wait a second, here's a chance to begin the relationship with the family as you're waiting for the child to be born. I, I think many of us are missing a great opportunity there uh, it doesn't start after the, the baby's born. It can start before. Why don't you walk us through some of those great ideas that you shared with us earlier? Yeah, definitely. We see. And, you know, just as you were saying, too, how we're missing those opportunities to connect with those families, that's what we were finding, that as I visited with other preschool ministers, that some of our parents were waiting longer and longer to bring their children to the preschool classes on Sunday morning. So yes, not I've seen it. Right. I see in our worship services, there's tiny babies out there, and um, anyway, they are. They're holding back. Yeah, and so as we as we were visiting and we were networking with others, we said there's there has to be some way that we can intentionally connect with these families and build relationships with them prior to the baby being born, so we can build that trust with them, and they're more likely to bring their babies at a younger age. So we're able to minister to the preschoolers when they're babies, but also the parents are able to be connected to their class earlier on. They're able to trust knowing that their baby's needs are being met. And you, and you know, that's the key word right there, Delaney, is the, the word trust. If they haven't ever been in the preschool area, if they've never seen the bed baby class, uh, that it's safe, that there is a, a, a mother's room to care for her baby there that they haven't seen the, the, the workers, the teachers who are so delighted to meet them. 
Um, if none of that's ever happened, then we really do have to take the first steps and be intentional about trying to reach them or they may not actually make that happen. Right, definitely. So, yeah. Okay, why don't you walk through, I think you've got some slides prepared and yeah. I let you do that fancy switch the screen thing. See if I can get that. <laughs> See if we can do that. All right, here it comes. There we go. Okay, so just as you said, this ministry is very much about connecting with others. Um, we you want to be able to connect with the parents. Um, first of all, build those relationships with the parents. But you Sorry. Want, I know, it happens, right? <laughs> but you also, most importantly, you want to help connect them to God, meaning encouraging them in their spiritual life, um, but also as the spiritual leaders in their home. And then it's connecting them to the church and then also connecting them with other, um, other couples, other young families. Oh, absolutely. So um, I do want to introduce you first to a family, the Williams family. And they are very much like many of the families, I'm sure, at your church, where whenever I first met them, their daughter is a toddler, and they came to worship probably once or twice a month. And so especially during the toddler years, there's that separation anxiety. So we would see um, the little girl, Shelby, you know, she would come, and she, but those first few minutes, it was really hard for her to adjust. And so it was hard for the parents to see that as well. And that by the end of the time, Shelby was so excited and didn't want to leave. <laughs> but that, you know, and so, I mean, this is just one example of many, many families in our churches that that's, that's their situation. And so that was one of the stories that led us to, we have to do something to build connections with these families um, before they're toddlers so that we can work with the parents to say, okay, how can we help build that trust? How can we help you as your parenting and all? And so like I said, that's, um, that's, that's the Williams family. And so they helped, their story helped us sort of um, create this new ministry. And it's not a new concept. I mean, I remember even, you know, many years ago hearing different um, churches do the cradle roll ministry. I mean, cradle that was, roll. that's what we always had too. That was like, even when I was little, you know, my grandmother, um, years even before I was born served in the cradle roll ministry at her church <laughs> and so it's it's not a new concept but it's just um maybe a new face with the concept or um you know we tailored it to meet our needs at our church and that's that's one of the things as I go through and I share these ideas it may be that your church takes the concept ministry and creates you know how's this going to best fit the needs in our community because um our churches aren't all exactly the same, and we have to make sure that we adapt to help um, help reach those families and connect them. Green, good, so, good word. That's a good word. So um, then, first part is getting started. You know, first of all, you need to pray about it and know, say, okay, Lord, seek His wisdom and show us the steps that we need to take. Um, this, you know, we're giving this to you, Lord, help us know how can we reach these families? Because it's not just to check off people for attendance, you know, getting more people there. It's mm -hmm. you're, you're wanting to build those relationships with them. So they're going to, um, they're going to, their lives are going to ultimately be changed because um, you've 
um, they've grown closer to Christ. You know, that's the purpose. That's why this is so important. Exactly. And so getting started, one of the first things you want to do, there it goes, is you need to communicate the need for the ministry. First of all, to the pastor and to the other leadership, you have to have um, buy-in from other people. Um, or either it's going to be you doing it all. And, and what you need to do is share the why. Not just that this is how we're going to do it, but why this is important. Just as we talked about, some of our families aren't getting connected. We're wanting to, um, to connect people to the church, build those relationships. Um, it's also an outreach, um, mm-hmm. outreach tool into the community. And so it's not just people that come to our church. And so then we're going to minister to those just in our church. It's maybe people that have friends that are expecting that don't attend a church somewhere else. You know, so it's, it's that mind of outreach as well. And so I know that when people are excited about their church and they talk about it passionately with friends, that those friends are drawn to that more than anything. So if you've got, um, people in place that when they say, Hey, we invited our friend and they're going to be having a baby, like, man, you're ready to go. You've got a, an opportunity to reach out. Definitely. And so, and a lot of times what we would do is um, not only in the beginning, would we share that vision, but we would find other ways throughout the year to tell stories about how the Lord is working um, in that ministry. But using even stats of, you know, this is how many babies were born into our ministry this last year. I mean, it, it just helped yes. to convey that need. So you use, you use the opportunities to speak it from the podium or uh, write it in the church newsletter. Definitely. Right. Okay. I think that's good. We probably should calendar moments throughout the year because we'll completely forget that when it's time to just enlist workers, we can't think of anything else. Right. And then finding creative ways, not just during baby dedication and okay. times, you know, I mean, those are great times because it's already highlighted. Right. But I mean, even during staff meeting, you know, sharing that so the other staff can hear as well, just, you know, what's, what's going on. Um, so they can see it's not just a budget item or something like that, that there's real people attached. to it. I'll tell you someone who really needs to hear because you're not talking about a long labored speech. You're talking about giving a report, a a quick announcement. And that is the deacons. They have a monthly meeting at our church and to walk in and say, Hey, we wanted you to know we reached this many and had this happen all through our expecting parents ministry. And they're going to go, what? Wow. You know, we have that. And, and just thank them and, and, and leave. But you know what? They're some of the best supporters when they know what's going on. And they, they usually don't know in Definitely. children's ministry. That's a great idea. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, so, and once you share or you continue sharing that vision, you also, one of the first things you need to do is name the ministry. And it doesn't have to be this incredible great name but it just needs an identity too so it's not always always the new always the new and it's the new and um, special delivery i know other people it's been blessed expectations um you know i mean cradle call i mean just anything just a neat name that that has oh, i like the name I like special the delivery. delivery that's great that's great well and the reason partly we did that too is 
this ministry not only ministered to parents and families that had children by birth, but also through adoption. And mm -hmm. so we felt that that, um, that included both, both, um, you know, situations and all. So that right. was one thing that we wanted to minister, not only to families who experienced, um, having babies by birth, but also through adoption. So. That's right. Very good. You know, we adopted, we've adopted a child and he's not a baby, but that, that means a lot to families that you uh, remember that. Very good. Right. And, and we had some that, you know, maybe they were older preschoolers. And so it looked a little different the way we ministered to that family, but we wanted to include them and know that we were praying for them and building that connection with that family just because they were experiencing some of the same joy, some of the same excitement, some of the same similar challenges as well. So, yeah. so you want to get started. So you want to share your vision and then also name the ministry. And then the next part is enlist a coordinator and ministry team. So oh, with the coordinator, good. <laughs> get some help. <laughs> right, right. So it's not all your ministry. Um, and so, um, when it first was created, we had an incredible, well, all of our coordinators were great, but the one in the very beginning was wonderful at getting all the details organized. She, we work hand in hand. Um, just, she also had that vision of we could do this. This is another way we can minister, but she did the day-to-day -day details of checking with the different encouragers and keeping the adult Sunday school classes, talking with them if they knew anyone expecting, you know, really it helped me to be able to do other ministry you know involved in other ministry opportunities and she was able to coordinate our special delivery ministry exactly because as a preschool minister your plate is full you can't just do this special um, delivery ministry and i have a question so you have a coordinator and then the rest of the team members are called encouragers Okay. And that was actually something from the church where I previously served. There was one, and it was like a cradle roll type thing. And um, we had encouragers, and the way that the encouragers were assigned were by the um, where you lived in the city or in the town. And so the thought behind that was that that encourager would be more likely to be able to build a relationship and continue relationship with that family as well. Um, but I know like whenever the church where we started this, we, um, it was, we just felt as we prayed and the Lord led us or led our coordinator to pairing up the encouragers with the moms. It was always a cool God story of just, there was some connection. Maybe they were from Oklahoma. I mean, we had that sometimes. And Something in common. Right, right, right. So they already were be they were already able to establish a quick connection. So, and something too that I loved about the encouragers is many of our preschool families may not have extended family in the area. I, I think your office is on fire. <laughs> it's right outside. I know. I mean, <laughs> it's going right down the street. <laughs> yeah. So, um, sorry but, to interrupt. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry and pray for the people in that, you know, <laughs> with Who knows? You. Yeah. so, um, but with that is it were people that were in our church that maybe couldn't volunteer every Sunday in the preschool ministry. 
they were able to volunteer as encouragers. And so that was already another way to have more people involved in our ministry as well. And then those families that didn't have extended family close by that were expecting a baby, then it was almost another set of grandparents for them, you know, or something like that in some cases. And so that was really a neat opportunity that we had. So our encouragers, um, we, we always invited them. We loved for them to be able to volunteer um, sometime in our preschool ministry, just because they were the ones that really built that one-on-one relationship. And so the moms and dads are going to ask more questions to them. Maybe they may feel more comfortable or just as they're visiting, you know, so how do you clean all the toys? How do they, how do they disinfect everything? You know, and so and I wonder, I wonder, cause that's such a good idea about encouragers, even, even if they weren't in the classroom, cause I have some um, some friends that would be so great at this, but maybe they're physically not able to be in the classroom, but even to use them as greeters, because they're the kind of person, you know, who would go out and build those relationships. Well, that's obviously the people who would be so great at welcoming uh, families as they're entering into our space. And I was, I was just thinking, and then they could see the children and the families as they're growing, right. you know, because yeah. that would be so great. Mm-hmm. Well, and like you said, there were some of our encouragers that physically weren't able to volunteer. And so we just, whenever we would have meetings for our encouragers, we would almost have like a time of training for them of, you know, here, what are some questions you're hearing? And that was something that our coordinator also um, planned out, like what our training meetings would be. And so we would, we would walk them through that. We would give them a tour of our preschool area. And they always knew that they could, you know, um, contact us if there was a question they didn't know. Right. As well. Well, that makes sense because they need training. And whenever they go out and make that visit, make those connections, they need to be able to explain this is why, how and why we do it this way. And if, if they were given a question, they would be more uh, able to answer it. Right. And, you know, and something else, I think another area of training that's important is just, you know, sharing their testimony and witnessing because you're going to have some parents that aren't connected to the church. And that's what you're ultimately wanting. You know, those that aren't connected, Mm -hmm. you want to build that relationship, share Christ with them. Yeah. To see them come to Christ would be the best thing ever. So yes, I agree. Good. So um, your encourager, well, yeah, so you have your encourager team and your coordinator. Then the next part is, is you want to develop the ministry plan. So how are you going to find prospective couples? That how are you going to know? You know, there's always that, and I'm sure everyone's had this situation where everyone else has known someone's expecting, but, you know, you feel like it's the last one, you know, and you're wanting to connect with those families and all, um, and so that's where our coordinator worked closely yeah. with our adult teachers to find out some of our church members. But then also, again, how we were talking about sharing that vision with the church, finding creative ways, um, a process or a pathway or something where church members can share names of, um, of neighbors or something like that. And, you know, we ended up having some grandparents that, um, whose kids were not in church oh. and they had been praying for them. They were local, but they weren't in church. 
and they wanted them to be in church and they said, you know, would you contact my children they're expecting? And so, you know, that was, that was another avenue that we were like, okay, yes, there, we need to build those connections with them. So finding that way where they can let us know and um, learn of those names and couples. And so then the next thing is first, the first contact, the initial contact is by the coordinator. And what the coordinator, she just calls, you know, just visits with them, finds out more information, maybe where they're from, um, with a due date, you know, if it's a hospital or a birthing center, all of that. Um, and then also she asks, you know, are there any prayer requests? How can we be praying for you at this time? And explains more what the special delivery ministry was about. And, um, and so then she, it's, she had a little sheet, sort of a little log with all those questions. And then she would have, keep a copy, but then also send a copy to the encourager that she. And to you? And, and yes, I had one too. So that was great. And, and Lisa said, we would meet periodically just, you know, for um, us to pray about what was going on, but also just, especially if there was a ministry opportunity, you know, she would want to make sure to, um, you know, share that as well. Yeah. And so then after that initial contact is the, um, the encourager contacts. And what we asked our encouragers to do was at least once a month, um, connect with them. And so some would visit, some would call, you know, and some would text maybe once a week or something like that, but just letting them know, we're praying for you. What can I do for you? And, you know, some, I'm here. yeah, I'm here and we're caring for you. And so we would ask during that, um, that first time the encourager visited to, go by the house and we had a little prayer journal. And so they, um, we gave the prayer journal. She would take the prayer journal and then the little baby life magazine. Oh man. And so that's wonderful. And what I love about this magazine is, is it has milestones for different ages in there. And it's specifically just for those first couple years of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it pertains to that. And it has, articles for moms but it also has articles for dads as well and and you know that i what i really like is also the the quality of the the writers the expertise the i mean they're so qualified uh with what they're talking about if it might be a doctor or something else i mean they it's very good right right and so and we had wonderful feedback too from our parents just saying I didn't even know this, something like this existed from a Christian point of view too. And so, um, so how that was, often is this, um, I mean, the special edition, it, it changes yearly over a couple of years. Right. And so it was updated a few months ago. So this is the, the newest one. Okay. And they always put a cutie pie right on the front. Definitely. Definitely. So I have to tell you, whenever we were doing, a cradle roll ministry, um, we would find out about a baby that was expected. And so I, I really just said to my, my uh, bed babies class, I said, okay, here's some babies on the way. And I want to give you, uh, I gave them my church credit card and said, I want you to go to Walmart and I want you to buy a container, a useful container, fill it with, uh, things and and I, that would be useful or even at the hospital. And uh, I gave them the, um, 
uh, how much I had budgeted to be able to do that so that they could. And uh, I gave them the Baby Life magazine, a letter from me that they could put in each one and also a prayer guide for their, um, their expected baby. So every week of gestation, you knew what was what the development was and could be praying for your unborn baby. And so they would, they went, they were so excited. They went out, they would go buy those things. They would wrap them up fancy and they would, they put so much into it and delivered them and, and said, we're going to be your baby's uh, Sunday school teacher. And we're looking forward to getting to meet them. So in the meantime, I'm praying for you. And these ladies, I mean, they hit it out of the park. They were so great. But the Baby Life magazine was a great part of that. And it was so affordable. I mean, it really is a ministry piece everyone should use. Right. Definitely. Definitely. That's a great idea. And I'm sure it was nice, too, that you encouraged and equipped your teachers to um, do ministry. And so it yeah. helped build that connection with the families as well. It was. It was. So we can get this magazine at lifeway.com, I guess. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And it's also on if people, if they're ordering their curriculum, oh, mm -hmm. it's on that order form. Literature it's, order form. Yeah. Right. And we would, and there's the home life and parent life magazines as well. And we would sometimes include the parent lives, you know, during that initial visit. But a lot of times we did that after the baby was born. Yeah. So. Yeah, great. That's a great idea. So then this all, like I was talking about, we'll, um, the encourager continues that connection throughout the pregnancy or the adoption process. And then um, the baby arrives or the, or the child arrives and all that. And so um, we would usually, I would, I would sometimes go with the encourager or it may just depending on schedules and all, we may go different times that we would make a hospital or a home visit. We always called beforehand just because it's just best to call beforehand and make sure. Let me just say for those of us who are men, yes, call ahead of time. Right, right. It could be an embarrassing moment and it's not worth it. Right, right. And, and what I also found too was there were sometimes maybe, you know, just different sickness or something and I couldn't visit that day. And so I would call and I would make that connection or with the family and let them know why I wasn't visiting. And every time thank the parents would say, thank you for not coming when you're right. sick. And right. so I think if we go when it's maybe not the best time for them or for us, that ends up um, tearing down trust rather than building up trust. And you right. know, one of the things that I have found that parents appreciate is if I am going to make the visit. I am going to get to see them. And they offer to let me hold the baby, which that's so like, great. Right. I always say, hey, I've, I've shaken a lot of hands. Do you mind if I wash my hands before I hold her? And they'll go, yes. Yes. Wash <laughs> but you know what? They, they do appreciate that, mm -hmm. um, that you are careful like that. And I think, too, exactly how you're saying when you wash your hands right before you hold the baby, in their mind, they're also noticing that to say, if he or she cares about that now, then that probably transfers into right. the ministry at church. 
And so, so that's, you know, I had parents many times tell me, Hey, that earned a earned points with us, you know, <laughs> something, you know, small, we think is so small, but to parents, it's, it's a big deal. It is. It really is. So, so yeah. So once, you know, you, um, you go and you visit and many times it may be, you may not even find out the baby was born until they're home because I mean, true in 24 hours sometimes. And so I would just mm-hmm. set up a time to go visit at the house. And usually what we would do is we would do a bag similar to how you were saying the ladies took over. Um, mm-hmm. there. Sometimes what we even did is we put some of our CDs from Sunday morning um, oh. with, that came with our curriculum. Maybe it may have been the past quarter or something like that. We would put that in the bag as well. And, um, and it was an opportunity for us to say, you know, this is, this is something that we use on Sunday mornings and we thought you might enjoy it as yeah. well. And so, uh, yeah. something like that, we would put in probably a book for our, um, for the parents and then maybe a little baby care item. Um, I know sometimes, you know, there's the little diaper bag tags, the church's name, we would put that in there. We had also, um, do you do know a good source for buying those? We had used the NLS specialties. NLS. That was the one I was trying to think it was some letters. Right, right. And some people use, um, they get like little onesies printed up or, oh. you know, they have a lot of different things sure. that you can get. Um, but too, we, in fact, from them, we ended up getting a calendar. It was a baby's first year calendar and it was undated. So parents could write in the date, but then it had little stickers at the bottom of it where whenever the baby started crawling, they could take the sticker and then put it on that date. Um, you know, so things like that. Um, That's good. We also, something I think is very important and many times it gets overlooked after you've done the gifts for the parents or a book for them. Um, and then also the baby are the siblings, you know, especially those preschool age siblings, their life has just now changed and they have no idea what to expect. And that was something that my parents, even from an early age, really, um, shared or you know I observed from them anytime we had a friend or family member a baby was born we made sure to take a gift for the sibling and many times it may be bubbles that we take I'm not talking anything expensive it was just something for them to open and and you can go to the dollar store and pick up several puzzles and 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 actually sit down and do the puzzle with the child so that there's even a little moment where there could be interaction and not just be about the baby. Right. When you have something to do with them, it sure is fun. It helps. Right. And they appreciate too. And it helps emphasize more that they're a big brother or they're a big sister. Mm-hmm. Many times what um, I would do too is we had little postcards that were printed at our church. We just, you know, when ladies created them and we sent them out, but it said, you're, you know, you're a big sister, you're a big brother. And I would even write those even before the baby was born um, just to say, you know, I'm so excited for you, you know, or just something to where they could get mail too, but it was focusing more on them rather than the baby. And, um, you know, and that was just one other step to help, help that process for the family that, yes. uh, you know, um, as they're adjusting to their additional family member or members in some cases as well. <laughs> That's true. And you know, parents, they recognize when you love all of their children. And Definitely. that's a big deal. Definitely. 
and so that's something we would do whenever the baby first arrived. Um, and then the next thing we did is we had yard signs printed. And this is, I think, something like fast signs or, you know, one of those um, places that can do them fairly quickly. And of course, we always have permission prior to putting the sign in the yard. Some parents, I would say maybe 30 percent, 25 to 30 percent said, no, we'd rather not have a sign. Um, and then some, and sometimes that was because their HOA wouldn't allow it. And so, um, so we definitely wanted to ask to make sure, but families loved having the sign in the yard. And so we had blue ones printed for boys and pink ones for the girls. And actually we had an encourager. That's what her responsibility was. She took the um, signs, put them in the yard, and then she went and picked them back up. You know, and so that was great. And we, I mean, we knew Michelle was always going to have them there and um, bring them back as well. And so, um, and it was neat to, I had families in the church that would come up to me and say, hey, who just had a baby from the church that lives, you know, on this street? That's my neighborhood. I didn't oh. know they were able to connect um, with other families with the sign. So a neighbor down the street, oh, we go to the same church. Right, right. And then, oh, I love that. So that was something that was neat. And on the sign, we purposely had congratulations on your new arrival. So again, it could go for those adopting or those um, who had baby ever. So Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that was something that was great addition that we had as well. And then we also had... Um, other aspects of our ministry talked a little bit about the ad adoptive families and so we would have um, some of our encouragers maybe had been parents that had experienced the adoption process so they were able to walk through that process with those families because they had been through it as well and so um, that was you know and it looked different the way we minister to them than the others then there's always um there may be some children that are born with special needs. This is a little girl named Shay who was um, born with a cleft palate and her family, um, they didn't know about her needs um, that she was gonna be born with a cleft palate and all the surgeries that she would need to have until after she was born. And so walking through the family with that, some um, that was, it was a different experience for us all and wanted to meet their needs. And then um, two, Unfortunately, there's the grief side of yeah. this ministry. And so we had encouragers that would minister to those families that experience miscarriages or stillborns and all because as much as we minister to the other, the other families, we need to minister to them as well. And many times it was listening to hear, you know, you may not hear of those situations as often, um, because people may not share them as much. So whenever you do hear them or you have different people listening to hear, um, that's where we would many times rely on our adult teachers, our um, teachers of the adult classes to share with us. And in some of the situations, we kept it confidential because that's couples wanted, but we wanted to minister to them as well. Good. With that. Um, and then, you know, talk about our new parents after they you know a few weeks after the child's born baby's born um our encouragers would just check in with them again you know we want to continue that relationship ask them how they're doing a lot of our moms you know they 
they're experiencing all the, you know, their life has changed for good, but mm -hmm. at the same time, I know the change, <laughs> right. And some of the, some of the parents who go through postpartum depression and all. And so this is an opportunity that we were able to minister to them as well. Mm. And something else um, we would do, and it would help encourage just checking in with them would help encourage the, um, families to bring their babies earlier to the baby room and on. So something that we did is on the baby's first Sunday, we shared a little keepsake with them. And um, it was a little fold over type thing that we, um, we created. And this idea came from um, something that my parents had done for me. They took my picture with um, on my first Sunday at my church when I was a baby and took a picture of the teacher holding me on that Sunday morning. And that is one of my most treasured possessions just because, I mean, it communicates so much to me, but especially the ministry that I feel the Lord's called me to. And so we wanted to create something special for our families, but then also we wanted to communicate that we were, um, we were teaching even in the baby room. And so that's why on the little um, fold over keepsake, it even has a place where you can fill in what the, what the Bible story was for that day. And oh, so, and then we would take a take their picture and then had one of those little um, printers, the wireless printers, and then just be able to stick in the memory card. And so it's great. Um, and in fact, I saw on social media a few weeks ago, one of the moms had found it going through things and she shared it again. She was like, I love this idea. So it was something that was um, important. And we did that all in house as well, just printing that. So. Just had to get the right things in place. Right. right, right. And then the next part of any ministry opportunity is the preparing the budget. And so you need to think about, you know, having events throughout the year. Um, and I'm not talking big events and all, but you still need to plan for them. Um, then guests, just even those simple little guests for the siblings and the yard signs. Mm -hmm. um, if you're going to do an outreach event um, and then the baby life and parent life magazines as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then also after you've done preparing the budget, you want to prepare a calendar. So like I talked about the events, we would generally have um, some on campus and off campus. We had some where we invited parents, I mean, invited both, <laughs> of course we're going to invite the parents, but invited the moms and the dads and some, it was just the moms. I know some churches bring in guest speakers and um, use that opportunity and have a dinner and um, and then, so just whatever works best for your, for your church. We um, would have some that were on campus and off campus. Mm -hmm. In fact, we had one one time um, that was, we had a brunch at our coordinator's home. And so the lady shared, you know, it didn't feel, it felt more relational. It was easier to, you know, connect with people because we were in someone's home. And there was a, um, a church member that saw the, the announcement in the bulletin and shared it with her next door neighbor. The next door neighbor hadn't been to church, didn't know anyone. And she said, can I still come? And we're like, yes, bring a rigor. And so she came, that mom ended up coming to church the next Sunday and the next Sunday, a few months later, um, became a Christian and was baptized. Oh, and wow. So, and it was because that church member cared enough on a Saturday morning to get over and share a bulletin announcement with our next door neighbor. And you know, I think sometimes that we 
we haven't really looked at the opportunity of having a, an event, but we already know that the generation that's having these children and stuff really admire and want to draw close to someone who's just a little ahead of them, Definitely. who has been there. They want to listen. They want to hear. They're taking in good information and they're taking in a lot of information really. Right. So I think, I think one of so the first thing that comes to my mind is like, well, what are we gonna have a meeting about? I mean, that's going to be like crazy. I don't know what to make a meeting about. Um, and the truth is maybe one of those books that says you're going to have a baby and uh, or welcome your new baby, just open it up to the contents and look at all the different subjects, the contents that the writer uh, addresses. You probably have a whole bunch of topics there and the book itself could be the information that you could share in a meeting like that or invite someone to share. So we may be overthinking something that could be fairly simple and a matter of getting it on a calendar and, um, and getting it going. Right. And you're exactly right. And I think a lot of the times it was just fellowship. They just wanted to fellowship with other people. And so, and build those connections. Um, we would always invite our encouragers, of course, but we would invite our baby teachers as well because they were able to get to know the people who would be teaching and caring for their babies outside of Sunday morning, you know, and um, they could hear their story too yeah. and their testimony. And that trust is so important. And once that trust is established, it makes everything so much better. So yeah, baby teachers, did you hear that? You're very important to, to go and, and start building that trust. Most definitely. Yeah. You know, and sometimes we even, we would have a time where we would share the levels of biblical learning, that information, um, just to help our parents know what we were doing during those baby years were, was so important and that it was a foundation was being laid. So whenever they came to church, we weren't just babysitting that, you know, yes, you'll see the Bible out in the classroom and a baby is, you know, tapping it or touching it and, and all that, but they're hearing the teacher say Bible and telling them that God loves them. So that really helped lights come on for some of our parents to say, okay, y'all have a curriculum for babies. What? Yes. You know, very, very important. And so it, it helped them, um, to be able to learn maybe what all goes on in the preschool ministry without saying here, here's a training, A, B, C, D, you know, it was more of a conversation. Right. Um, and sometimes it would come up with how do we clean our toys? Um, you know, how, what would happen if there was an emergency? Those questions just came up sometimes. And so we were able to um, share that and um, communicate that. To the and, and sometimes when those questions come up and, and we realize, Oh, we got to, like fix this or make this right or better it's it's not to needle you it's it's to say hey look someone brought this to our attention and we know how to fix this let's just go ahead and plan a and get it all all fixed right. so and, sometimes, that. and sometimes i think in ministry we think we have communicated something multiple times and maybe yeah. we have but it needs to be communicated more because wow. maybe it doesn't come to that group um, and so finding different ways to communicate that. It's so like you said, so there's going to be sometimes maybe where you have a question and all of that. And it's, it's to help, help improve the ministry um, 
And, and so I think very much an important part of the events is also listening, listening to those, to those parents and their questions and their concerns as well. Absolutely. Well, our time's getting kind of close here. I, um, I, I'm hoping there's a big story right here about this little family. Yes, and so um, I told you about told you about the Williams family, and um, a few years later, they um, they were expecting their second child, and um, and I still remember getting the call that day that um, you know their baby Shay had been born, and that. Um, and that oh, were, that's the baby with the the cleft palate. The palate, and I remember going and visiting with them and praying with them and just hearing all the challenges that they would be experiencing and just um, that feeling of being overwhelmed. And um, I remember listening to some of those concerns, listening to those questions and, you know, um, working with them, um, communicating how we were going to make sure that Shay's needs were met, that they could trust us. We, you know, working with them. And so, um, it was during that time that they were expecting Shay that they became a part of our special delivery ministry. And then, so they became more involved in the church. Um, a few months later, after Shay was um, born, um, the mom, Tara, shared with me, you know, I would love to be a part of special delivery ministry because it ministered so much to me. Um, and so this family was able to get connected um, through it, but not only them, but their their parents were in the area as well and so their wow. parents um came and were involved in church and um this picture is from last year and so you see tara's expecting their third and here is one on shiler's um just a few months ago and so you think about a family spot yeah. um that was changed and it all started with an intentional connection mm. to um to build a relationship with them and get them involved Church. That's so fantastic. That's so fantastic. Oh, wow. I think um, I'll let you change the screen back here. But I, you know, I just want to say, I think many of us are not are not taking this incredible opportunity of reaching out before their children are born so that we can build those relationships and get the ball rolling and uh, and trying to make a difference and minister. So thank you for the challenge today. And even more than that, uh, Delany, thank you for the, the practical steps that you took and how it was so successful, because we could take many of those things and put them into practice right now. So I want to challenge everybody. If this is something that God leads you toward, I, I want to challenge you to pray about who is it that should be a part of that team and then maybe who the coordinator should be. Because even as you're figuring out the answers of what will be next, you can do that together as a team. And actually, it would probably be better than just what you would come up with. So I encourage you to, to do that. So I love hearing how successful this was. And I'm sure that it still is for all of them, even though you're not there. Um, I bet it's still going very, very well. Thank you, Delany, for all of the great information. Hey, I do want to ask you real quick, because you're at Lifeway, and I know you have a great conference every year, because I go to it, and I love, 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 love all of it. 
Um, tell us about the EDGE Conference. The EDGE Conference. Yes, it stands for Equipping the Church and Home. And it, this will be our second year um, having it, or, um, and it's great. I mean, all of the general sessions are wonderful, too. It helps you as a leader. It's for those who are leaders from preschool all the way up to high school and how we can partner together um, and in ministry to these families. But also we have lots and lots of breakouts and the great part of that too. And Mr. Mark, I think you're leading. I am. I've got a couple and I'm ready to, I'm very excited about sharing those this year. And, and what I love about the breakouts too, is they, um, many of them are age specific or specific to a certain part of ministry mm -hmm. um, with very practical ideas. And so, um, so it's great. We heard great comments and I have a lot of friends that said counting down the days till, um, to etch this year. And so if people haven't registered, I would love for them to, um, to come, you can go to etchconference.com and learn more about that. There's even more information on our blog, the kidsministry101.com as well. Absolutely. Great resource. Matter of fact, everybody go check it out. It's in October. It's in Nashville. And that's a fine little place to also visit. Definitely. To get definitely. In. Yeah, great place. And so we'd love for you to come and be a part of that as well. Delany, thank you for your time. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, everybody. That pretty much wraps it up for this episode of Mr. Mark's Classroom. I hope that you will take some of these ideas and use them. For those of you who have not downloaded the podcast app, in the App Store. I hope you'll do that today. It's free and you can subscribe to Mr. Mark's Classroom and be notified once a week when we post our new uh, interview or our new teaching time that I'll have with you. Listen, we want you to have clarity in ministry. We want you to be hugely successful because we know that we are reaching kids together. Your life in children's ministry is a gift. So go and make it count. That's it for this episode of Mr. Mark's Classroom. We invite you to leave your questions or comments on the show notes at mrmarksclassroom.com. Until next time, remember your ministry to children is a gift with eternal value. So go and make it count.